0: Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. Rock-solid faith. Eric Butterworth has written, This great book, The Creative Life, it's it's still in print. Eric Butterworth was a much loved unity minister, had a great work in New York City, passed quite a number of years ago, was considered to be the Emerson of the New Thought Movement. And in this book, The Creative Life, he is outlining for us a process for our own personal creativity. And interestingly enough, he has turned to the allegorical story of creation in the book of Genesis. And he has taken a mystical and metaphysical look at the creation story and has suggested that in those seven days of creation, actually six active days and one day of rest, that in those seven days are seven steps that we can use in our our lives as a process to improve our own creativity, whether it is creativity within the realm of the arts or creativity within the realm of a, a life that works better or relationships that work better or a business that is more successful. The process is the same process. Last week, we began the series and we looked at the very first day of creation when God said, let there be light, and we explored the importance of light. This whole idea of looking at the creation story in Genesis, we need to realize that we're looking at it mystically and metaphysically, not literally. Unity does not take the Bible as the inerrant word of God. This is what Eric writes about the creation story itself. The creation story is not something God does or did. It is what God is. It is what God is. Creativity is the God process in you expressing as you. Think about that for a moment. Creativity is the God process in you expressing as you. The God process in you expressing as you. And so we have on the first day that uh, God said, let there be light. And each of the days begins with that important word, let. To me, that is an overarching theme of the creative process. That so much of the creative process is about getting out of our own way and allowing, <clears throat> excuse me, allowing something to move from within us outward. If you've ever had a writing assignment or a creative assignment that you were working on toward a deadline, you probably have had the experience of how difficult it can be when you're trying to force yourself to be creative as compared to when you set up the process or the environment that allows you to be creative. Does that make sense? There's a different qualitative relationship to the experience and to the act when we can stop with the forcing, the pushing, or the striving, or the grasping and move into a place of allowing, moving into a place of of letting. On the second day, we're told in the story itself, which we'll look at metaphysically, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and God called the firmament the heaven or the heavens. Firmament. We need to have a little bit of an understanding here of how ancient cultures conceived the universe. We have come a long way in our understanding of the universe and our relationship and place in it. But to the ancients, to the the hebrew people that were were trying to understand why is there anything how did we get here why do good things happen to bad people trying to understand all of this and looking up at the sky the belief was that there, the sky was a, like a vaulted ceiling and the planets and the stars were just kind of stuck there right and, and there, this vaulted ceiling, this vaulted ceiling. Well, we know that the sky is not that, right? It's an expansiveness, an expansiveness. The very word heaven is an important word here, not from a religious context. One of the Greek words for heaven, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly, is aranos. And the meaning of that word is expansion. And when we think about the heavens or the universe today, we can't help but think of what? The vastness of it, right? Limitlessness, the infin- infinitudeness, I think I just made up a word. Uh, it, it, The macrocosm, right? It's so incredibly vast. And I think the Hebrews were kind of, or the Greeks were really onto something With this word aranos, this idea of expansion, expandedness, expanding. And it is faith. Think about it for a moment. It is faith that moves us into this expanded state of consciousness. Faith that moves us into this expanded state of consciousness, into our own personal creative process. It is faith that can expand, that can see what the eyes can't fully take in. It's what allows us to move beyond our present set of circumstances with a sense of hope that there can be something more, something better. Eric defines or identifies faith as a mystical part of day two. The mystical part of day two explaining that faith is a vital element that you need to release your creative genius. Your faith is your vital element needed to release your creative genius. But you may need to have a different perception of faith than you've had in the past. You may need to take a look at faith with new and fresh eyes. Oftentimes people will say, well, I just don't have enough faith. Jesus talked a little bit about that when he said, even if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard, you can say to this mountain, be moved and the mountain will move. Well, what was he talking about mystically? He was talking about a certain degree of awareness, a certain degree or ability to think beyond the current state, to believe with hope and possibility. There really isn't a lack of faith. There's a misuse of it or a misplacement of it, but there really isn't a lack of faith. Eric writes about the misuse of faith of believing in the wrong things. Believing in the wrong things. He challenges us in the chapter on faith, the second day of creation, let there be a firmament. What are you believing in? Do you ever ask yourself that? What are you believing in? When things are going really, really well for you, can you stop and kind of check in and ask yourself, what am I believing in? Likewise, when things are difficult, when they're painful, when they're challenging, can you pause for a moment, dig in deep, increase your self-awareness, and ask, what am I believing in right now? What am I believing in? Eric suggests that fear is faith, that worry is faith, that insecurity is faith. How can that be? He's suggesting that faith is the focus of our intention and our belief, the focus of our intention, attention and our belief. Jesus told us all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. How could he be so sure? I suspect he had a radical faith, a radical faith that his eyes were able to take in more than just what the physical eye can see. In mysticism, there is the understanding of the third eye, the eye that is not fooled by appearances. The eye that can see beyond that. It is very much in a more practical way what Martin Luther King Jr. is touching upon when he was talking about taking that first step even when you can't see what? The whole staircase. Taking that first step. I just want to pull three key ideas from his chapter on on faith, using Eric's own words, and explore them with you a little bit. He writes, within every person, key idea number number one, within every person, there is a divine reservoir of inexhaustible wisdom and love and power. And the key to creativity is the releasing of that power. You repeat that. and, And as you hear his words, Hear him speaking about something that's true for you right now. Something that's true for you right now within every person, within you. There is a divine reservoir of inexhaustible. It can't be used up inexhaustible wisdom and love and power. And the key to creativity is the releasing of that power. It requires getting out of your own way. It requires a letting go. It requires an opening up into. It requires a trusting. And then it requires a moving forward. A moving forward. Jesus referred to this as the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God within you. That there is so much more in us than we even realize in this moment and that our creative genius is directly linked to that. Your creative genius is directly linked to that. It is inexhaustible. You can't use it up. In fact, some say the more you use it, the more expansive it becomes. The easier It becomes. A second key point. He says, faith is not a vague process of believing in something. It is a positive act of turning on something. That is one of the most powerful ideas to me in his chapter. Faith is not a vague process of believing in something. It is a positive act of turning on something. Think about that for a moment, a positive act of turning on something. How many of you have dimmer lights in your home or have ever used a dimmer light, a rheostat? They're nice, aren't they? You can have them turned bright up and have a, a dark room incredibly bright. And if you want some mood lighting, maybe you want to have a nice quiet dinner, you can turn it down. But you're the one controlling it, right? You're controlling how much light's going to come out and how much light's going to be held back. But the potential for that light is the same whether you turn the rheostat, the dimmer switch down or you turn it fully up. The potential of the light is there at all times. That is what's true of us with this inexhaustible reservoir of love and wisdom and power. Why? Because we are made in the image and after the likeness of God, of the infinite, of the one. Don't get hung up on the name. If, if you've had bad experiences in church or religion and religious words and concepts like God are a little... Uncomfortable for you. Use a different word. It's the creative force of good that we're talking about. And it exists within you in the same way that the full potential of the light is available to you within that dimmer switch. But you're controlling it, right? You get to decide how much you're going to turn it up or turn it down. What Eric is suggesting here is faith is not a vague process of just believing in something. It is a positive act of turning on something. Positive act of turning on something. Turning one's mind to the frequency of faith. I was thinking about that as I was looking over my notes again this weekend. I was thinking about this simple and yet powerful idea of tuning my mind to the frequency of faith can you get the feel for that do you know what worry feels like right we do right and we know what fear feels like and anxiety right we know what those things feel like there's a vibration to them and there are people who study all this and and have much better language for it and data for it than i do The process of tuning to the frequency of faith is realizing that faith itself has a certain vibration, a certain energy. And it's doing the best that we can to tune ourselves, to align ourselves to that frequency. And if we can't, if, if you related to what I asked you a moment ago, do you know what worry feels like? Do you know what fear feels like? then you know something of the feeling and the vibrational level that I'm talking about. And what I'm suggesting is practice becoming as familiar as you can with what the frequency of faith feels like. Because the more we become familiar with something, the easier it is to repeat that something again and again and again. And if we practice becoming familiar with the frequency of faith, and tuning our mind to it, we will find it easier to stay in that frequency. And when we do, when we tune our mind to the frequency of faith, we begin to start attracting a different kind of experience to us. We begin to attract things that are also vibrating, if you will, at that same energetic level. We become like a tuning fork to it. We attract it. In Hebrews, it's, it is said that faith is the evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. As we tune to this frequency, this vibration of faith, we begin to attract to us the evidence of things not seen. Just as the words and music appear out of thin air when we tune into a radio broadcast. This is what we're talking about. This is why the practice of meditation, of stilling the mind and focusing the mind, is a vehicle for training us to tune in volitionally to the frequency of where we want to be not where the downward pull of much of the drag of life and race consciousness can pull us. Does that make sense? And it's a practice, isn't it? It's a practice. And the third key idea that he suggests is that faith draws on the infinite, releasing a very real substance that overcomes obstacles and removes mountains of difficulties. Let me repeat that. He writes, faith draws on the infinite. Faith draws on the infinite, releasing a very real substance that overcomes obstacles and removes mountains of difficulties. But we have to put a demand on it. We have to call upon it. I forget where in the New Testament now. I should have written it down is this statement, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. What we're being told there, the instruction there is clear. Ask. Ask. Asking is a way we pull on the universe for that which we want, but we need to be vibrating at the level of the thing we're wanting to attract, of the good that we're wanting to attract. Ask and you will receive. But it's asking at a certain vibrational level, at the level of faith itself. And that energetic level not only attracts greater good to us, but it seems to pierce through Problems and obstacles and difficulties. And in many ways, that can be as helpful as anything, right? Clearing the path forward for us, removing what stands in our way. I wrote in my notes, One thing is certain to the person with an unshakable faith that something wonderful is going to happen. Something wonderful is already happening. And so it's choosing to use our mind in a very deliberate way, not just vaguely believing in something, but tuning to the energetic frequency of something. To refresh your mind, I'll repeat the three key points and then I'll close with a piece from Eric. We each have within us, you have within yourself a divine reservoir of inexhaustible wisdom, love and power. And the key to your personal creativity is the releasing of that power. Faith is not a vague process of believing in something, but a positive act of turning on something. I had an aha moment yesterday when I was thinking about that one. And it was to move away from thinking of faith as a noun and to think of faith as a verb very different experience. And the third was our faith draws on the infinite to release a power an energy that overcomes obstacles and difficulties. So in closing, these are words from Eric. He writes, through your faith perspective, you will outform, meaning you will express more of your divine potential than you normally do. When you turn within, centering your attention on God, the center and source of your being, the allness of you, there will come a magical moment of faith's fruition. And that which you perceive inwardly, you will soon be seeing in the light of day. In other words, soon be manifesting. The kingdom of all potentiality is already within you. You do not need to be something different in order to release it. It calls for knowing that you are, it calls for knowing that you are, not maybe, but that you are a spiritual being. Then, armed with this perception of faith, you proceed to do what needs to be done. And faith, drawing on the infinite, releases a very real substance that overcomes obstacles, removes mountains of difficulty, doubles one's power, and multiplies one's ability. I hope you'll turn up and tune into your frequency of faith. Namaste.